Hi, this is Leadership and Lattes. I'm Trisha Ryan, and I'm here virtually with my co-hosts, Crystal Roberts and Dr. Danielle Lord. We're happy that you've joined us today. Today, we're talking about creativity and leadership. But before we jump in, Danielle, how was your weekend? My weekend was fantastic. I um, planted all of our veggies and uh, you still have an eggplant to pick up over here because uh, eggplant's icky, <laughs> but I did get I peppers, so <laughs> all as well. And then, yeah, I did a little bit of yard work. You know, it feels like you get out there and you have all this ambition and it's like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and that in the yard. And the, I don't know, I just end up moving around a lot and wandering all around the yard and then wondering at the end of the day what actually I did get done. So anyways, felt good to be outside and I did some things uh, and then uh, took some photos for my own uh, personal blog this morning and got that posted. So yeah, it's been a good weekend. Love Definitely it. rainy today though. <laughs> well, you know, it, it ended up being rainy, but it was beautiful all weekend. So that's great. Yesterday was nice. Yeah. Yesterday was very nice. So thank you. So you know, and watching five yards of dirt wash down my driveway, but uh -huh. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> so thank you. Crystal, how about you? How was your weekend? What'd you do? So we've been celebrating um, Chance, uh, and he was our guest last time, if people remember, Chance and Maddie. So Chance and um, his tennis team, they won the uh, championship. So the overall oh, team wow. won. Yeah. And then he and his uh, doubles partner also won the for doubles. So, yeah. Um, oh, that is so exciting. <laughs> wow. Congrats to them. That's yeah. very cool. I so, miss tennis. I miss playing tennis. Yeah. It's a great sport and you really have to focus. Um, so he's, uh, that's what we've been doing, just sort of. He must be riding high right now with uh, the tennis championship and graduation. Graduation, yeah, oh. very cool. That's Big cool. steps, yep. Well, I, I had people here measuring my rooms for new carpeting this weekend, so that was good. And I um, worked with some friends getting set up for a graduation party on Saturday. We had a lot of fun yesterday. Um, really a lot of people there. It was the first time I have been anywhere where there were that many people in a crowd and everyone was fully vaccinated. So except for the children, the little kids. But we had a we had a reptile guy there who was showing snakes and alligators and lizards and all sorts of things. Oh, but <laughs> it was I know, I know. The parents, all of the parents and, and adults were up on the terrace looking down on the kids were sitting around in a circle and this reptile guy was sitting there talking about him and putting lizards in kids faces and they were oh. wow this is so cool. and I kept thinking I don't remember so Crystal, didn't didn't the reptile didn't the reptile man used to come to the school in Sumner where you're at um I think he may have yeah I don't think I was ever there yeah no <laughs> That would be something that I would, <laughs> I would not be there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I remember, I remember the reptile man. I, oh yeah, he was always a big attraction. I, yeah, I remember going, but as long, he didn't, he never had spiders. So I was good with the reptiles, but. <laughs> no, but he had some pretty interesting um, reptiles. Some of them were actually poisonous. And I was, I was interested to see that he had a, he had a Gila monster 
and I used to see those when I lived in this in Arizona and we saw them in the wild. So when I saw that, I instantly was not too happy because they're very poisonous. So he was petting it and holding it and putting it in front of kids' faces. And I'm thinking this child's gonna die. I just know it, but it was all good. It was really all good. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> so today is kind of chilly and very rainy right now. And uh, so wherever you are, if you're drinking coffee, tea, whatever, grab your cup and let's talk about leadership. So what we were gonna talk about today and what we are gonna talk about today is creativity and leadership. And there's so many things that are going on right now in the world that it's really forcing creativity because we've never done a lot of the things we're doing right now. It's just kind of a, you know, we're in the early stages of post pandemic which is sort of that, you know, postmodern or whatever, all of these different eras. I feel like we're in an era right now. So, Danielle, what do you think about, you know, the fact that this has been a topic that is becoming more and more, you know, talked about in most businesses today? Yeah, it's uh, it certainly is a compelling topic. We've been having some conversations at work uh, in a work group. Uh, I, my alumni group has been uh, through work, uh, been talking about what does remote work look like now, hybrid work. An interesting article I read um, not long ago where it was a, oh, it was a, a computer, like, I don't know if it was it wasn't Microsoft, but or it wasn't Google, but it was another one of those big computer firms. And they were saying, we're going to have a hybrid workforce and everyone will be working so many days remotely a week, but no one can be working Monday or Friday. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's um, serves up a couple challenges. First off, um, that really demonstrates that that organization doesn't have a lot of trust in their uh, workforce. But the second thing I thought of was, who came up with that plan? Because now you've got everybody coming back to the office Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And what happens when you run out of hot desks? Or there isn't enough space because everyone has to be there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And it's, it just, yeah, it really raised the question of, okay, how many people did they ask about this? And they are really losing the opportunity to engage with people and get different ideas, that creative energy going where you have a big focus group and, and the, the, the ideas are pinging off of everyone and there's excitement around something and it just it sounded to me like there's a lot of oppor missed opportunity for creativity right now if you just have people making these kind of unilateral dictatorial decisions about this is how it's going to be based on you know kind of an outdated paradigm or model so that's kind of what comes to mind for me um, and it, it seems like a great time to just really relax let go of what we have kind of known historically or traditionally and you know let's get into the whole you know theory x theory y conversation right i always get the two confused trisha hopefully you've got it <laughs> down but you know let's let go of some of this old outdated way of thinking and uh, embrace some new ideas and get some new energy around things so that's kind of what comes to mind for me as i think about it wow and that's you know that is that's the key right there is that letting go of old in an effort to embrace or even think up new, right? It's like, oh, that's, I think it's a scary place. That's that murky middle, right? Crystal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
what have you what have you been hearing you've actually been leading some different efforts that i would think would force you to kind of sit back and look at how are we doing as leaders um being creative so i think uh Danielle, you were talking a little bit about the not knowing, and I guess we were, we've been talking quite a bit about the, the murky middle. And I think that we aren't going to be out of that uh, soon. And so one of the things for me that it's really brought to mind is that as much as we do try, even though the company was saying, oh, you got to all be here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, well, probably people haven't thought about what that actually looks like it, as far as they haven't felt it. They haven't been there. They haven't experienced what that is. And we're all trying to use our good imagination to figure out what will this actually look like and do some scenario planning around it. But I think until we actually come back into these new hybrid situations, we don't know what it actually looks like, feels like, um, and what will actually work. So for me, it's all about doing our best to try and figure out what we think is going to work and knowing right off the bat that it's not <laughs> and being okay with that, you know, to sort of let go yeah, of the yeah. notion that whatever comes next is the solution, but to hold that open for a while longer and say, okay, let's try it. Uh, even if it sounds crazy and we're going to learn from that. And so what are the lessons learned and build that right in? Like, we're going to check in in two weeks even and say, how's this working? You know, let's check in in six months. How is this working? And being willing to say this, this part worked, this part didn't. Now we're going to try something else. So it's that agility and the ability to learn from our experience, not call it a failure, but learn from those experiences yeah. and continue to innovate. So not to just throw up our hands and say, ah, it didn't work, um, but well, to just that's, keep going. That's what's interesting. It is the experimentation yeah. of it all, right? Yeah. We, we don't right. know what yeah. we're doing or what the outcome's going to be. We're just in a spot right now going, let's try this. Well, that didn't work. Or maybe it didn't work because what if, it, what if we do that, but we do this along with it? We might find a formula that actually works, but it makes you kind of feel like a mad scientist in the process. Yeah. So, you know, two things come to mind for me on this. One is kind of that from the leadership perspective, the others from the employee perspective. And hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll keep both of these in my head while I'm talking through the leadership <laughs> perspective, right? Which is, okay, this was the plan we put into place and we can't fail at our plan. So even though our plan is falling apart around us, we're still going to steadfastly stick with our plan because this is what we said we were going to do, right? So that's one scenario I see happening, um, which can be very challenging for people and not embracing what you just talked about, Crystal, which is be open to the experimentation of it, right? And recognize that you know, plans, the plan is the plan, but oftentimes they fall apart, right? And you can ask anyone who's been to war and they'll say, yeah, we had a plan. And as soon as, you know, the first shot was fired, everything fell apart and we had to regroup and, and do something a little bit different. So from the employee perspective, I see this whole thing where it could get really frustrating for employees if we are in the space of experimentation and we are kind of constantly having to regroup and reshift, does it become the flavor of the month, right? And we've heard that for a long time when it comes to change is, oh, it's the flavor of the month. So to employees, 
um, I think it requires us as employees to kind of loosen up and let go of some of our expectations as well. Uh, so I think there's this kind of dual um, um, uh, opportunity for people to just say, you know what, we just have to step back and we have to embrace it. And we're heading into back into something that's not ever been tried before. Um, or if it has, let go of what well, we did it once and it didn't work or we've already tried that and just be open to all this, this new stuff that's coming up. That just makes me wonder, though, it make, that what you just said is, is so true. And it makes me wonder why leaders aren't at this point saying, oh, yeah, we always make decisions and then we don't we don't involve our employees in yeah. what the plan should be. Right. And so and so we make yeah. decisions and we say we're going to go this way. But our employees have maybe they've got great ideas. Where's the creativity? Where? Yeah. Right? And yeah. So if I'm always looking to um, if I'm a leader and I'm always having to come up with the with the idea or the the next change, there's a lot of pressure on me because if it doesn't work, then I'm the one who fails because I know that people will embrace things if they're a part of it. So it yeah. almost begs the question: Well, we're doing creativity like this, or we're starting to create that trust that you were talking about earlier, Daniels. Can I trust my people to? come up with ideas that might be viable solutions. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's engaging. And I think this is another test in, in engagement of employees. So, Probably, yeah, for sure. For, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely a way to engage people. And I think it's important that we do set some parameters around that. So I think we have to sort of hold both. Um, every individual has their individual situation and they want to accommodate that. And sometimes we can do that, but I think we also have to make sure that we are doing things that actually benefit the team as well and the organization. Mm -hmm. So it has to work on all, mm -hmm. all levels, individual team and organization. So whatever we can do as leaders to set some boundaries around some of that and to make sure that we are bringing people together as a team to say, hey, what's going to work for us as a team as well, so that the, the most essential things are actually getting covered. What, what do we really, what services do we really need to provide at what time and where can that best be done? Yeah. So, you know, what you just did, Crystal, was ideally line out how um, employees and leaders can have this synergy of how they work together, right? You allow for the idea to emerge from the employees who are the ones that are closest to the work, who are the ones in the front line doing the day-to-day -day operations and the, and the day-to-day -day work, bringing that to leadership and leadership saying, yay, here's, yes, let's embrace this, let's try it, let's change it, or let's tweak it because X, Y, and Z might not necessarily meet our strategic goals or our operational or our tactical needs or whatever the case, but coming back and providing um, some opportunity and explanation around why they're making a change or why they can't adopt something. Um, but it seems like so oftentimes it's, you know, we, we get into conflict or but we butt heads around some of these things because it's like, well, the employees brought the information, um, but then there's this kind of infighting that happens between the employee focus groups or the, the employees bringing the ideas together and then it, it doesn't come to fruition or um, the idea gets kind of poo-pooed. So 
it's, it's got to be that synergy of employees and leaders working together to make these things happen. I can, I can yeah. see the, an idea where the employees come up with an idea, they give that to, you know, through brainstorming or whatever, the leader takes that back to whatever group they are dealing with, um, whether it's a, an executive leadership team or whatever. Um, but before they do that, they explain, you know, I'm going to take your idea forward and it may mm -hmm. evolve. It may be a little different, mm -hmm. but I want to thank mm -hmm. you because this is a good start. This is a foundation. Then at least yeah. employees, when they come back and it's changed a bit, they can, you know, the leader can explain here's where the changes were and why we went that route, but here's the foundation right. still here. Yeah. So you guys came up yep. with, and I think that is a great way to keep them engaged. It's also another way to employees thinking, okay, so my entire idea was not adopted, but whose is ever, you know, I don't know. Yeah, right. Is adopted, <laughs> right. First, first hand. Yeah. So, you know, my idea may not have completely been adopted, but they listened to what I said. And next time they're going to ask again, and I'm going to give again, you know, and it, it kind of en engages an employee to want to participate or to add value. Yeah, I think, Trisha, what you brought up there is really, really important. And, you know, it, it's good leadership in any situation. But when you're asking for input, being super clear about what mm -hmm. you're doing with that input and what the expect setting those expectations around who's the decision maker so that they yeah. that staff doesn't actually think that what the ideas are coming up with are actually that they have the decision-making control over what actually yeah. ends up yeah. getting implemented, but that you're looking for input into a decision that will be made mm -hmm. and where that decision is going to be made. It may not even be made by that particular leader. Maybe they're just forwarding it up the chain for some decision to be made two layers above them. So that's, that's really important to set those expectations. That is, and it's, I think that behavior, behaviors like that, or, you know, that kind of a, a dialogue that is continuous, you know, it's not just this idea, it's all ideas. And it's not yep. just those ideas, it's whatever else we're working on. And that's that, that partnership, that collaboration that we'd love to see between leaders and employees. And so often we see it missed because leaders feel they have to be leaders. I must be mm. and I must be in control. Managing. Don't you remember when yeah, they, command and control just doesn't always work, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, they feel like they have to manage the, the event, right? Rather than lead people through it. So I think another thing that um, leaders should be kind of mindful of too is that um all the different teams and the different operational um groups within an organization all, are all archetypes, right? And everybody is doing different work. You're all working towards the same goal, but everyone's doing different work. Like us in organizational development or human resources. Um, our work, our workflow, our work products, our work um, processes look a lot different than people who are the boots on the grounds, running the equipment, running the, the whatever physical processes have to take place. And so allowing a little bit of latitude to say, you know, let's... It, the entire, whatever plan we come up with might not necessarily work for the entire organization. And so, you know, allowing to have some departmental specific kinds of events or things that work 
for the whole organization, um, they might look different department by department. And I think we sometimes get into that mindset of, well, it's got to be, it's got to work for the entire organization. And so everyone is going to follow along and, and have these same processes or these same steps in place. And it just might not necessarily be a workable solution um, for one of those, one of those teams. Strongly. I think another thing that um, as we think about this hybrid world and think about what configuration it looks like when we're actually working, so this is just sort of a pet peeve of mine, is that there's a lot of, um, lot, lot of folks who are wanting to go to a, a more of a destination and work from there. So they might go to Hawaii uh, or um, mm. even just, you know, Lake Chelan. <laughs> so <laughs> and, the, and work during the day and uh, play in the evening, which in, on the face of it works fine. And again, it, it has to be, you know, work for the department, work for the manager, um, but as a leader, trying to make those decisions, I think, can be pretty tricky, especially when we're look, looking at response times, um, availability for people to be accessed when people need information, that sort of thing. So, and then also that blending of work and vacation, so that uh, what I'm seeing is there's a there is an increasing expectation for people to be available all the time. So uh -huh. Uh -huh. even when they're on vacation, if there's an important meeting and because you can zoom in or MS teams in that, you know, could you, could you take just an hour or two and, and join this, this meeting in the middle of your vacation. And I think it's a huge mistake because people really do need to disconnect. And if you're having to prepare yeah. for and worry about and organize your time around a meeting on Wednesday afternoon, um, that's doesn't allow you to just disconnect and be and come back refreshed. So that's one yeah. thing I think we need to just be keep our uh, all leaders need to keep their um, their focus on and really get clear with employees about what the expectation is around being available during vacations and hopefully we can let them just disconnect. That that is uh, really a powerful statement and it's actually been proven in the literature that the more stressed you are, the more you're working, um, the more hours that you're putting into something, the less ability you have to be creative. Mm -hmm. And I think then a couple of things can happen there is that the, the pressure, particularly I think amongst executives is that I have to, I'm stagnating. And so I'm not coming up with anything that is creative. And so do you run into ethical um, issues at that point in time? Do you take someone, I, someone's idea and pass it off as your own, because maybe you're feeling pressured to come up with the next best idea. Um, I, you know, and there's a, a variety of other scenarios as well, but that is so key, that ability to take care of yourself, allow yourself to disconnect, to take that time to clear your headspace so that you can bring that creative energy to something that is your own, um, and is, um, the, you know, provocative and um, exciting, 
is, is so important. And I think that, you know, I think maybe one of the problems we have in the United States is that we have this work constantly, work harder, work harder, work harder attitude and mentality. And it takes away our ability to really have that um, creativity because we're so stressed and overwhelmed all the time. It's true. And I've seen sort of both sides of that coin before when I worked for a global company. Um, you know, we had people all over the world and we had people who would go away for extended periods of time, like a sabbatical type thing, but they would always allow a certain amount of time that they would come to major meetings or they would, you know, go away saying that they would produce something that they would come back with. And one side of the coin was awesome because we gave people the freedom to be a little more flexible with their schedules and, and get to do things that um, fed their hearts, if you will, so that they gave mm -hmm. more, they were, they were more willing to, you know, put forth the effort to come up with creative things. And then there was the other side of that point. So it's like, you know, this is always the way it is, I think. There were those people who um, really had no intention of being that productive. When they were off, they were off. And to get them to come back and be productive was hard. It was very difficult, um, especially if they, you know, especially if they didn't live in the state where they worked anyway. We, we had remote work was a big deal there. So, you know, we had a lot of people who remote worked. I remote worked for like seven years. So it, you know, it was not something that um, I was just used to it. I lived in the town next to the office, but, you know, it wasn't, I just worked from home because I had people in different states and different time zones. And it was easier to take a meeting at 5.30 in the morning when it's 8.30 in the Midwest. And, you know, um, I didn't have to be in my car and go to work. So, but there are a lot of leaders who are, they're nervous about that. You know, they're nervous about having that lack of control. And it's interesting because it can have a bizarre impact. You know, it can either force um, trust to erode, I guess, if, you know, the leader to the employee, but if, and, but also the employee to the leader, if they feel like they're being pushed into something. So I, I'm, I really don't have a good answer for anything. We weren't asking a question, but, but it is interesting because I just was thinking of that when you were talking about that, Danielle, I'm thinking, and Crystal, when you brought it up, I was thinking, gosh, you know, I remember where I used to work, we had a little bit of both issues, you know, with respect to um, people's creativity or, or even their interest in coming forth with stuff, you know. Sorry. <laughs> well, we know, right? I think, Danielle, you were talking about this, uh, you were touching on this anyway, that you have to have that downtime in order for the, that creativity to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that happens sometimes when you take time away is, and if you are traveling or just doing something that gets you outside of your normal routine, that that also sort of shakes loose some things and you may be able to make connections mm -hmm. between things that you might not have before. So those experiences, those new experiences yeah. that are outside your normal uh, every day do help trigger creativity and innovation. Yes, definitely. And I, I think it's a great example of how we have to use both sides of our brain. 
um, in order to have a creative process. And if you, you're spending 80 hours a week in one side of your brain um, and not engaging the other side of your brain, particularly in sometimes the analytics or the finance or the data, et cetera, spending way too much time in that left side of your brain space and not engaging with the right side, um, you can, it's easy to get sucked into the numbers and the data and the information. And so you, yeah, you're not allowing yourself to just relax and be flexible learn new experiences and, and get into a different headspace, if you will. Absolutely. That it takes practice too. I mean, there are people who yeah, don't do it yeah. often enough to feel that confident about what they're doing. So of course they're going to trust the numbers because they can do the math, right? Yeah. Yes. Thinking about, you know, how do I take a more creative approach and look at the what ifs, you know, those mm -hmm. are the things that are hard for folks a lot of times, not always, but, for some people who who want to trust the numbers because they trust them, they don't spend enough time on the other side of the brain, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that intuitive, that intuitive side. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's where your comfort zone is. So, if we were to look at today's world, you know, we've got so many things that we are looking at that we've never looked at before, or at least not in the last hundred years. And we don't even know what the future holds. Have we ever, right? But we don't even know what the change is going to be. So it, it goes right back to that Bridges model where, you know, we've had an ending and the ending was March of 2020, right? When we were all relegated to our homes and said, you must work from home or, or not come into work. And we don't know what, you know, phase four or whatever the phase they're gonna call it. We don't know what any of that looks like now. So everybody's been sitting in the murky middle, the, you know, the neutral zone, trying to figure out, coming up with creative ways of doing things without even having a clue what stepping into yeah. the new is gonna be. And I don't know, how does that, how does that resonate with you too? Because to me, that's, it's almost a step before we're ready. Well, I, one of the things as you were talking that, that it made me think about also was more of what we know about the brain. So one of the things that we know is that we, we really like certainty and when we don't have that, that can help that mm. push us into that fear um, and back to the fight or flight, sort of those basic instincts. And thinking about, well, when you're trying to be creative and innovative and open to new ideas and flexible and experiment, if our employees are sitting in mm -hmm. fight or flight, mm -hmm. that's going to yeah. be the real challenge. So I think as leaders, we need to think about how do we, you know, how, how do we communicate? How do we invite? How do we hold accountable in ways that don't engage the fight or flight to try and yeah. create some sense of certainty for people? So even with my opening comments, I was thinking, you know, just if you're talking to employees and you're saying, well, we're in this constant we can expect to be in this constant state of change mm. as we are agile and flexible. And maybe that actually might 
touch more nerves in the fight or flight than we want, <laughs> you know? So thinking about maybe there is some way to make sure that we're giving some certainty around time frames and things like that and opportunities to give additional feedback and um, just thinking about where can we provide a little certainty for our staffs. Yeah. 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 It's a, that's a great call. I think for me, as I was thinking about it and listening to Crystal too, and is, you know, we, we talked last time about this idea around languishing, right? That there's this mm -hmm. sense that employees might be going through this period of languishing and it's like, okay, leaders, here's your opportunity, step up and engage more. And one great way to engage and um, build trust and dialogue and, uh, and it's, enter into this creative space is to get your teams together, even if it's in the virtual capacity and have a, just a energetic brainstorming um, event. And where there is nothing more exciting and energizing than to get an idea and to have it ping around the room a whole bunch of times, like going, a, remember those little super balls and you throw it around the room and it just, you know, just the energy that comes from that. And so, yeah, get people into a different space to, to Crystal's great point. Get them out of that, that, that fear zone into something that they can look forward to and just engage and really have some fun with it. Both of you brought up brilliant points. I mean, I think this is something that, that it's really at the forefront right now. When you're thinking about, I was reading an article the other day about how many businesses are starting to notice employees not coming back. You know, I mean, they're actually quitting their jobs. And to your point, oh, yeah. so it makes me wonder yep. if they've been, and to your point, Daniel, if, they've, if, we've, if employees or if leaders have brought them in to a creative space to come up with ideas, um, I wonder if they would have felt that they were adding enough value or that they were valued enough to stick around and, you know, stay the course. Um, makes me wonder. I know that a lot of people are, are um, probably not wanting to come back because they like working from home and that may not be an option for wherever they work. But, um, but it also makes me wonder if perhaps they had been engaged in, you know, coming up with new ideas and mm -hmm, ways of mm -hmm. doing business, if they might've grown. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's really powerful. And, and you've mentioned this too, that you, you see this as being a great time of entrepreneurship, but um, I, yeah, you know, we, like you said, we all went home for two weeks back in March and we were, you know, we just, just stay the course, do what you can, make it work. And we'll all be back together again soon. And it turned on and it turned on and it turned on and it, that became the normal, right? And we all came up with new ways of doing things. And um, yeah, and, and so here we are now in this, in this very strange space. So hopefully not languishing. <laughs> not languishing exactly no we're not languishing <laughs> no. I was thinking another way of setting certainty for people is to get really clear and remind people about some of the higher level things so what what are our values we're holding to that those you know that we're going to respect everyone we're going to um, treat people equitably mm. um, that uh we'll make sure that everyone still gets included in meetings, you know, that we've, you know, whatever it would be that you could sort of point to, to say, 
these things carry forward. These things are on the table, but these things we will carry forward so that there is some sense of stability there. Yeah. No, no, that's so important. We need a foundation. And, and that your values or your vision or your mission or whatever the company holds um, to, if, if those don't go away just because things like this happen, people need to understand or they need to remember perhaps that, yeah, we, we have these values. We stand on these values and this is how we do our work, you know, and let's try and figure out new ways of doing business that never lose the values. Yeah. It's the how that's changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, not, yeah. Uh, not necessarily the what. Yeah. So to um, summarize the takeaways from this discussion today, <laughs> we're looking at this through three different perspectives. Okay. And I'll do mine last, but Danielle, you're talking about it from your professor perspective, right? And Chris, yeah. you're looking at it from your heart perspective. And um, tell me what, and I'm looking at it from the impact perspective. So Danielle, what are you taking away? Yeah, what would I tell if I was standing up with my little professor hat on in front of um, my, my students in the classroom, I would say, um, don't think of innovation and creativity well, let me back up and say we oftentimes get this idea, this notion that innovation and creativity is this big, sexy, amazing thing, right? And it's oftentimes it's the small incremental steps. And so don't get hung up on trying to find the big, huge, gigantic diamond that's out there. Look for the you know, kind of baby step your way into things. And it's those incremental changes that don't seem exciting. They don't seem like they have any wow but those are the ones that you're going to be able to um, um, have stability around. Much easier to manage small incremental steps and processes um, through change management. You can sustain them over long periods of time and generally will have payoffs of, of much greater um, investment over longer periods of time. So that's what I would share with anyone uh, interested from that, that kind of professorial perspective is it, th these things, the big giant rocks uh, are oftentimes one in a million. Um, but, so don't get hung up on trying to find that big, huge, gigantic thing. So true, so true. Thank you for that, Danielle. That's, that's brilliant. Crystal, how about from the heart, the heart perspective? Yeah, from the heart perspective, I would say as a leader, make sure that you're taking the time to recognize the good work that's going on wherever somebody is working. Be sure and listen and think about how to meet the individual needs. So understand what's really at the core of what people mm. are needing, but also yeah. um, helping people to see how they are valued and contribute towards the team. And that may mean that they're going to have to look at a little bit different configuration of what, how they're working in order to do that. But listening and understanding and empathizing that that, that, that may mean a change going forward. And then I think lastly, I always believe that giving feedback about 
how things are going. So you might, as a leader, see some things a little bit differently uh, from, you know, you might hear from customers, um, you might hear from team members, but to be willing to share that information with employees so that they know really how is it going. And that allows them to, you know, establish trust with you and with the team because they, it's not always going to be a good story, but you, you're there to back them and to support them and to help them make positive change. So I think from a heart perspective, that's what I would say. That is so important. That's, and that's, that is so important with anything leadership. You know, when you think about mm -hmm. it, that mm -hmm. keeping your folks in the loop and not disconnecting from them, not doing it all in a vacuum and then, and then imposing it if you will, right? Yeah. And, and that's sort of where I go with the impact as well. When I think about, you know, one way to ensure a better impact would be to involve your folks. Make sure that you're not coming up with everything yourself or that you're not on a leader team that's doing everything in, a, in your vacuum and then, and then bringing it down to the workforce and expecting that they're going to buy it. Unless they've had some hand in the creation of it, um, they, they may not buy it and you have to be prepared for that. So if you want a better impact, even if the impact ultimately, if the change or the, the creative innovative um, idea may not fly exactly as, as it originally was intended, um, as long as they're brought along the way, like you were talking about Coastal and they were involved um, in the process, it makes, it makes them trust a little bit more because they've been a part of it and they feel like they add something to the greater good. So I, I think those are all really important um, views for us to um, think about and leaders to be thinking about. Um, so I would just, I would add one more thing in sure. the great words of uh, Dr. John Cotter, celebrate the small successes yeah. and celebrate yeah. those wins. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh yes, we love John, don't we? I do. Yes, we do. <laughs> so I think we have come to an end of today's podcast. So in closing, I want to remind our audience to send in their questions about leadership and, and leading in these unprecedented times. And we'll try to answer them on the air at one of our upcoming podcasts. Send your questions to leadershipandlattes at gmail.com. That's leadershipandlattes at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about us or the show, please go to thepinnaclecc.com. The Pinnacle C is in cat, C is in cat.com. Technical support is through Ari Chance Roberts. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. And share it with other leaders like yourself that you think would benefit from this podcast. I want to thank Crystal and Danielle for co-hosting with me. I look forward to our next podcast and we will have a speaker at our next pod podcast kind of expanding on this very topic. So thanks to our audience for listening and we'll see you the next time. Take care. Bye.